0: Welcome to Financial Excellence with Game Changers, presented by SAP, helping you to operate profitably and adapt continuously. Host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham, talks with the experts about how game-changing technologies can help you achieve financial excellence for your company. Now, here's Bonnie D. Graham.
1: Bonnie in the house, welcome, welcome, welcome. We're here live. It is December. Woo! December 1st, 2020. Oh, my goodness. Here we are almost at the end of an incredibly odd and disruptive and challenging year for all of us. This is episode number 12 of our longest running series, Financial Excellence with Game Changers. A rumor has it they're going to renew for 2021, and that makes me very, very happy. Interesting show today. Let me read my opening quote. I found it in fm-magazine.com. That's Financial Management Magazine. Listen up. CFOs are focused on the battle to survive and maintain cash flow during the COVID-19 crisis, but, 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 but. Finance leaders are learning valuable new ways to manage risk in the future. If implemented quickly, these concepts could help them survive 2020 and become more resilient in years to come. That's kind of a caption for what we're talking about today. So let's take a little deeper look before I ask my three wonderful panelists to introduce themselves. So, in the past, when we predicted the future, Barbara Walters was the earworm in our ear, and she always said, 2020. We use 2020 as a faraway concept. year 2020, we will or we expect or we predict. The possibility seemed endless. It was near enough that we could grasp it once we were in the 20 aughts. And it was far enough away that we could say it's still far off. We could look at historical trends. But no one saw this 2020 coming. No one. The people who say they did, I don't know if I believe them. Now, at the year end, we almost have the value and the pleasure of 2020 hindsight, and it's not not a pleasure. We've experienced a change that could not be planned for. I know I'm talking to the preaching to the choir because you all know this. Financial markets reacted daily to lockdowns, to shelter in place rules, to business restrictions what were the financial implications of this turbulent year, turbulent to businesses in general and especially to finance? How will CFOs who are still standing or sitting, hopefully comfortably, respond to external forces? How will they plan for continued disruption? Because we know 2021 will be some kind of a continuity of what we've got now. What new business models can they embrace? Can they adapt? Can they adopt to help them innovate? I have three wonderful speakers on the panel today. We have Birgit Starmans, who is one of the sponsors of this series, and we're happy to have Birgit back. Kevin McCollum, both at SAP, and we're welcoming a newcomer. He said I can call him Riz, R-I-Z. His last name is Ahmed. He is at SAP Insider, and he'll tell you all about his exciting role there. We're going to ask them to predict the immediate future of 2021, because who can plan any farther out? So we're titling this episode, 2020 Hindsight to 2021 Foresight. I like that, Birgit, good title. Finance Implications, for turbulent times. Again, Bonnie D. Graham here in the house, happy to be here. And let's go around the table. Birgit Starmans, I'm going to put you in speaker view and ask you, Birgit, in case I've been doing the math, Birgit, I think there might be 2.3 people in the world who don't know who you are yet. <laughs> Possible. And <laughs> I, want to, <laughs> I want you to, sp- you're going to fix that right now. So I want you to explain a little bit about your role and what's your overview, a quick passion for this topic today. Birgit, welcome back. Go ahead.
2: Thank you so much, Bonnie. So I'm the global head for strategy and planning and uh, for thought leadership for the global finance and risk center of excellence for the office of the CFO. And I'm very passionate about the topic. Um, My career has spanned from consulting over product management, solution marketing, and pretty much the COE role is my dream role. Um, And I'm very passionate about it because it's really tying the different um, strings together, if you will. So there are a lot of different silos that happen um, with within many companies, m- within many of our customers. And when you think about thought leadership, it's really how these things fit together and finding unconventional ways to see how one topic relates to another topic. So I absolutely love it. And uh, it's a lot of Really cool interactions with folks like you, with being on shows like this, um, a lot of writing, a lot of uh, collaborating across different teams at SAP to really bring that message of finance out there. When people ask me what my job is, I like to say I make finance interesting.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, you do. That's that. I was going to say that's interesting, but that's, yes, I don't want to do that. But Birgit, do you, do you think we're at the point where CFOs and finance leaders can actually say, ah, I can look back at 2020, and I can actually make some good decisions for 2021? Are we still in that? I don't know. We aren't clear yet. Just quickly, what
2: do you think? Um, I think we're getting there. I I think we've had so many ups and downs of, yeah, we're over it. Yeah, life is going to go back to normal. And actually, I passionately hate that term new normal, because I think we've used it over the years so many times. Um, Yeah, me being guilty of that as well. But (laughs) I, I would say that I think finance has come to the realization that right now it's not going to be normal. So we're not going to just, you know, turn the calendar to January 1st and it's not going to suddenly magically go back the way it was in, at the beginning of even 2020, right? We take, we take that off and we thought it was going to be a normal year a very forward looking year, go new decade. Right. But, uh, <laughs> I-, I think everyone has come to the realization that that's not what it's going to be. And we've actually seen, Um, A lot of finance organizations saying, well, we know know that a lot of these things that we've had to do the past year, for example, work from home, being able to collaborate virtually, those are not going to go away. And a lot of them don't want that to go away. So hopefully we can take the lessons learned and not turn back the clock, but really take what we've learned and take it forward.
1: Thank you. And by the way, I got tired of the new normal. I was first calling it the new abnormal. And my take, and I'm sure other people have used this, is the new reality. Ah, the new Kevin nice. Kevin McCollum <laughs> likes that one. Riz, nice. like Riz, you're up next. You're the newcomer on the show. We're so happy to meet you, Riz. I'm I'm impressed with what you do, and I want you to share it with our listeners all over the world. So, Riz Ahmed, welcome to Financial Excellence, and please introduce yourself and a little bit about your take on our topic today. Welcome, yes. Riz.
3: Thank you so much, Bonnie, for for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Um, Yeah, I've been at SAP Insider for uh, over 25 years, and and we serve a community of 400,000 companies who, for many of whom, finance is a key part uh, of what they do. For me, my passion is about content and engagement, you know, my background is in research. I was at Forrester Research for a couple of years, um, you know, really working in networking technology and this whole intersection between tech and business is where I've lived. Uh, And why I love this space is because it's always changing. And we talked about this last year, which has been unprecedented change. So maybe not changing that much, but there's always been some change that needs to be interpreted, that needs to be understood for people to be successful. And so it's never boring. And you always get to learn from the great people like my colleagues here on this panel, um, talking to customers, talking to yourself. So uh, that's what gets me up in the morning. That's what really excites me.
1: Thank you very much. And Riz, what's your background with finance? You're here on a show talking about the hindsight, the foresight. Yeah. Give me a little clue here. You cover on SAP Insider, you probably cover a very, very vast swath we, of business we, topics. So talk to me. What do
3: you, what do you? We do, but finance is, is our biggest area. And, and for the last 20 years, in some form or fashion, I've been covering finance um, from, you know, CFOs to how they make decisions around technology to um, what are their top pain points and how they muddling through that. Um, So yeah, finance has always been a key anchor to not only our coverage, but to, to my role at the company as well.
1: Thank you very much. Pleasure to meet you. And you and I have a lot to talk about offline. Absolutely. We we just met and we're so Birgit, thank you for bringing him (laughs) on. Kevin McCollum, Kevin, disclaimer, Kevin and I have different hats we wear sometimes has to do with music. We'll just leave it there. Kevin, happy to see you in your finance hat. And Kevin, Birgit might've had 2.3 people who don't know who she is and I, I didn't say tisk tisk. Shame on them, Kevin. There might be the same 2.3 people and double tisk tisk. So why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to them, Kevin?
4: Welcome. Well, even one out of ten dentists don't recommend Crest. So you know, <laughs> they, there's always got to be the, uh, the the the, the uh, outlier out there. So. Um, So thanks for having me, Bonnie, and uh, what a great panel and what a great year you've had. I've had the pleasure of uh, joining uh, a couple of financial excellence and then our secret rendezvous on our music (laughs) technology show. Awesome. Great year. And um, so I lead the global COE for finance and risk. In June, unbelievably, this coming June, it'll be my 25th year at SAP, what? and um, just a great company. No commercials. I just have to honestly say um, I grew up a lot at SAP, and um, I'm the eternal optimist, and that's why when I heard the topic that Birgit came up with, I thought, this is great. We're turning a corner. Um and that's not to say there's not a lockdown around that corner or whatever, but let's put 2020 behind us and let's take some learnings. And a lot, of my, a lot of the things that I'll probably talk about today are precisely that. What do we take away from 2020 that's going to make 2021 better? So that's the eternal optimist in me.
1: I like that. And I have to say, I'm going to join you in what you said, and I, at Riz might- agree with me and I think beer good too. I got my start in business radio at SAP. The manager who I worked for hired me for marketing. You all remember the marketing houses? Riz, you remember that? Mm-hmm. We put in messaging yep. and we'd see where we, yeah, I was hired for that. Marketing, I call it with a little M and then a big M. And uh, short story, one day I, we got a proposal from somebody who had a business talk radio show online for SAP to sponsor that show. And my manager knew I had my per, my own personal radio show interviewing authors online. And she said, you're the only one I know who knows anything about internet radio. Would you evaluate the proposal? And I took a look at the proposal and I gasped. I said, give me a couple of days. I cold called. Jeff Spinard, the CEO of Voice America World Talk. I cold called him and I said, you don't know me, but you must know SAP. He said, yes. I said, help me come up with a concept for a business radio show. And we cooked it up and I went back to my manager and I said, with all due respect, don't sponsor this other man's show. Let me start a thought leadership radio series for SAP. And after a couple of months of talking back and forth and coming up, we launched on October 5th, 2011. Strange day in, in tech history, Steve Jobs passed away that day. That's how I remember. It, look at look at the icon. Not only did he rock a black turtleneck and white packaging, but he gave us stuff we didn't know we knew. Before we knew, we knew it. We wanted it and we bought it. Look at Apple. Yeah, I think I still have some stock. So SAP gave me that option, Kevin. It gave me that bandwidth to develop myself, not just as an interviewer of authors, but to develop talk radio, thought, le- thought leadership radio, and it let me create my own little, I won't say empire, but my own little franchise of Game Changers Radio. And today, here I am, 48 series later, 48 series over the years. And Birgit, your series, which you co-sponsor with uh, with Prost Chatterjee and Chris Grundy at SAP, this is our longest running series. This is season 10, I think. I think you've been with me 10 years. And so this to me is a celebration speaking with all of you today. Uh, but I digress. Let's get to our topic. So this is a part of the show. You all know where I asked my guests in advance to send me a, a quote from a movie or a song. One of them doesn't like to send me movie or song quotes. And you're <laughs> about to find out in a minute who that is. A little resistance. But we we have a cool quote from him anyway. So it's one of the two guys. So you're gonna sent me a quote from a group. I've never heard of Birgit. The group is Train. Uh, the song is "Save Me, San Francisco." It's from 2009. California rock band Train's fifth studio album and the first of two albums recorded as a three-piece. Sounds like a three-piece suit. It's released in October 2009 through Columbia Records. It was certified gold on September 2010, and it had almost a million copies sold in the U.S. by the following year. And here is the lyric Birgit has selected. She's going to tell us in her own words, what in the heck it has to do with our topic? I've been high. I've been low. I've been yes. And I've been, oh, hell no. I've been rock and roll and disco. Won't you save me, San Francisco? Oh, I love it. Birgit, what in the world does this have to do with hindsight and foresight and finance? Talk to me.
2: I love this song. This is the song that introduced me to train. (laughs) They they are an awesome band. I I chose this uh, because first of all, you wanted a um, movie or song quote. (laughs) So you took away my little Einstein connection, but (laughs) I, I absolutely love this song just because I think it really reflects what we've been through in 2020. There've been highs, there've been lows. We've had lockdowns. We were out of lockdown and now we're back in lockdown. And now we have curfews and now we don't have curfews and, I keep going and going and going. So it's definitely been a year of highs and lows. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, we're all still here and we're all still kicking. And I think that's that's the most important thing. Um, Save me, San Francisco. I love. I included that part in the quote because I live out here. <laughs> so I'm I'm the West Coast contingent. But I, I think it just shows a lot of dichotomies. Yeah, the the yin, yin and the yang. So that's one of the, one of the reasons that um, I chose the song, because I think we've just lived it. I think that's going to keep going. But um, yeah, I think it's, a, it's an awesome representation of what we've just gone through. And there'll be more of that. But yeah, as long as we can put a happy tune to it and come out ahead, I think that's going to be the most important thing.
1: Thank you very much, Birgit. I I love the song and the fact that the lyrics rhyme. They actually rhymed. I just did a cold read. Kevin, have you ever played any train on the drums? Have not,
4: but I was scratching my head to think, um Birgit, <clears throat> didn't train <clears throat> perform at one of our company events? I think they did.
2: They um, I, they think they did, yeah. yeah. Yeah.
4: Yeah. So had the pleasure of seeing them and uh Nope, haven't had the haven't had the opportunity to perform any train.
1: Well, maybe. a lot of train
4: songs. Right. But yep. there's there's a lot of sad songs about trains. But trains trains a fun band.
1: There you go. Well, I have to start listening to train. So there. Thank you, Birgit. Always fun. That's why we like movie and song references, because they give our audience a, a hook, an entertainment hook is, like, oh, they're just going to talk about finance for an hour. Let's get out of here. No. Cool songs. Cool movies. Speaking of cool movies. Riz has sent us a quote from Walt Disney Pictures, 1995 animated musical, historic, romantic drama film. Riz, this is a very complicated movie. Pocahontas. And the character is Grandmother Willow. Vo- do you know who voiced this? Uh, um, Riz, do you know who voiced?
3: No, I don't.
1: Linda Hunt, of <laughs> all people. And Grandmother Willow is a speaking willow tree who acts as Pocahontas' guy. Now, it was also said... In movies, but I couldn't find the exact movie by Rocky Balboa, slice alone. But the original source is Pocahontas from the movie. So here we go. The quote is: "Sometimes the right path is not the easiest one." I want to say, can I hear a, a hallelujah on that one, Riz? How'd you find this one? Love the quote. Go ahead.
3: <laughs> well, it's 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 so funny. I, I thought I was quoting Rocky, but I guess I was quoting Pocahontas. Um, this quote is, you know, I have four kids, right? And, and as you know, for those of you that are parents, um, a lot of the times kids like to choose the easy path. In fact, more often than that. So, you know, me being the dad trying to, trying to, whether it's in sports or school or friendships or, or other things, I always try to tell them, hey, it, <laughs> the easiest path might not be the right one. And sometimes a hard path, you'll go through some pain, but in the end, It'll be the right one. And you'll you'll and again with kids, it's hard to explain that to them until they do it a few times and they see that for themselves. So that's why I, I really like the quote. And in terms of its its application to the to the pandemic, what, what I've seen, you know, talking to so many people and finance leaders, is that sometimes there's difficult decisions when it comes to changing processes, changing strategy, changing technology. And a lot of those paths are often fraught with challenges, right, whether it's you hear this term change management often, which is getting people teaching old dogs new tricks, getting them changed the way they do things. And that's not an easy path. But for many of those folks that did go through those difficult paths, particularly in this time, they're glad they did. Because they have better processes, they have better technology, they have a better strategy in place to guide them through this. So I think that's important to to, to talk about. Because I think, as Berget said, I don't think we're done. I'm an optimist as well, but I think there's still some hard times ahead. And mm-hmm. to to continue to have that attitude and that understanding, I think is important as, as as we navigate.
1: Thank you very much, Riz. Very apropos, and I'm thinking that even before 2020. The easy path might not have been digitalization, might not have been digital transformation. Sorry. Kevin, where did you go? Kevin muted his picture. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm talking to, to Riz and Birgit. I was like, where's Kevin? He'll come back because he he's next. Kevin, you're next on the quote. <laughs> but interestingly enough, we talk often this year, Riz and Birgit and Kevin, there he is. We talk about companies that... Dip their toe in the water of transformation, that invested time and people and resources and energy and leadership in transformation in the past couple of years were more ready to pivot, to be nimble, to be agile, to weather the peaks and valleys and mostly the valleys of of the pandemic of business shutdowns. And they were ready to do something, even if it was just say, we can embrace a new business model because we have the digital resources to do it. So the that I think your quote applies even well before the pandemic. So that's why I appreciate the quote very much. Thank you Riz. Kevin, Kevin, Kevin Kevin refused to send me a movie or a song quote. So I picked a quote you used on a show a couple weeks ago, and it's a quote. And I think it works really, really well. Anybody remember Alfred E. Newman, the mascot and cover boy of the American humor magazine Mad? He had parted red hair, a gap tooth smile, freckles, a protruding nose, a scrawny body. And he first appeared and first made his debut on the front cover of Ballantyne's The Mad Reader in 1954. Uh, see, I know all this in my head, Kevin. I just carry around this trivia. It's it's a real burden. <laughs> a paperback collection. See, I'm not reading anything. A pa- I'm talking right to you. A paperback collection of reprints for the first two years of Mad. And here's the quote, three words with a comma after the first one and a question mark. What? Me worry? Okay, Kevin, help me out here. What in the world does this have to do with our topic? We know, but we want to hear you say it. Kevin McCullough. Well-
4: come on, Alfred E. Newman's smiles almost as enigmatic as Mona Lisa. Right. And it's, <laughs> and it's perfect for the dumpster fire that has been 2021 or 2020. Sorry. Yep. Didn't want to yep. jinx it.
1: <laughs> not yet. Um, not yet.
4: <laughs> yeah. But um, it, 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 it really bespeaks of an attitude that, um, you know, we, we, uh, what doesn't kill us makes us stronger. Right. And, I, I first of all have to um, give my deep condolence and empathy for anybody who's lost anyone to the pandemic. Um, for the rest of us, it, it's it's our job, it's our duty to hang in there and and separate the the the, the learnings that we can make from this and make a. And I'm going to sound really altruistic and really um, idealistic here, but we need to make the best. Uh, take the best and leave the rest and move forward into 2021. And Bonnie, you're helping us make a step like that by saying, what can we learn from 2020 and take it into 2021? So um, I was actually, when I went off screen for a minute there, I was looking for my, uh, my, my Alfred E Newman background, but I couldn't find it so maybe i'll get it maybe I'll get it going during some somewhere later in the show here if it's not too disruptive but uh yeah um it, it, it's it's that smile that helps you um, realize it's 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 a sort of a tense little smile, but it's a smile that helps you realize hey we we've got to move forward from 2020
1: Thank you very much. I, I'm glad I picked the, the quote you could really work with. But it's very apropos, Kevin. It really is. What me worry? And the answer is, hell yes, but we're going to do something about it, right? We're exactly. going to be optimistic. Okay. We're going to be nimble. We're going to look forward. We're going to see all the resources we have, and the people are going to say, okay, team, let's find a way out of this, and let's keep going. I like that by, like.
4: by, by, by the way, Bonnie, the fact that my parents let me read um, Mad Magazine, starting at the uh, uh, at the tender age of ten years old and beyond, explains a lot about my personality. So let's just uh, <laughs> let's just keep that one in the back of your mind.
1: <laughs> I think it's in the front of our minds now. You're talking to thousands of people all Uh-oh. over the world. Yeah, I, I think that's out of the bag. Did I say now. that out loud. <laughs> you did. You did. You did. See, thought leadership. Your thoughts were leading you. I've never thought about it quite that way. Thank you to the three of you for your interesting quotes. And Gevin, thanks for letting me use an old one. It applied very, very well. Now's the part of the show where we get to our, I was going to say crystal ball predictions. We're almost at that point, actually, at the end of the year. Uh, and we do have a special coming up in a couple of weeks, Birgit. I'm looking at the date here. We're going to dedicate a whole crystal ball predictions to your series on December 9th on my Technology Revolution show. And I'm looking forward to that. We have about 12 people signed up for that show, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Three minute predictions each. But let's get to our discussion part of the show now. Okay. So, uh, Birgit has sent me the following. She sent four statements. Riz sent four. Kevin sent four. I picked statement number three for Birgit. And let me read a little bit. Let's get into the tech part of where we're going. Hindsight, back 2020. Foresight Forward 2021. So she says, there is an opportunity for new disruptive business models. And the word disruptive will never be the same, Birgit, because look at the year. The the year was disruptive and the tech was helpful. It wasn't even that disruptive. The tech was forward-looking. So as they say, Birgit says, necessity is the mother of invention. Innovation and competitive advantage will only be possible with the support of advanced technologies. We're talking AI, Artificial Intelligence, ML, Machine Learning, and Quick Implementations, Leveraging the Cloud. Birgit, why don't you give us about a two and a half, three-minute overview, and then the magic sauce, I'll ask Riz what he thinks about what you said. Riz, I'm going to challenge you to agree or disagree with Birgit. Either way is fine. And then Kevin gets to agree or disagree with either or both of you. So, Birgit, you're up.
2: Thanks, Bonnie. I, I like the spin that you put on disruptive because we all, we've we always talked about disruptive technologies because that goes back to the whole topic of change management, right? So yeah, everybody throwing up their hands going, no, we can't do it that way because we've always done it some other way, right? So um, this time it wasn't really the technology that was disruptive. It was really the technology that helped us through. So if you go back and see, nobody in finance ever thought that they would be able to do their work remotely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have to be, Yeah. There in the office to close the books. You have to be really sure that you know people are looking over your shoulder. Um, you can have these discussions, and you know, back in March we all managed to do it anyway. But it was really disruptive um, outside of technology. So it was really having that technology that allowed us to collaborate, to allow us to have you know things like Zoom meetings. People are turning on their cameras more now than they ever have. So. It's really now businesses are looking to reinvent their business models. I know we always use the Uber and Lyft examples, but it's very true. And businesses are, are now coming up with more creative ways to serve their customers because they can't really do it in that traditional way anymore. So, in a lot of cases, there nobody ever thought about you know curbside picking up clothing. I mean, what do you mean I can't you know just go in and try it on? And even if you can't go into a store anymore, you can't even try things on. So, yeah, they've adjusted their business models, whether it's their return policy, whether it's bundling services together, um, almost having, you know, call in and having a personal shopper, you name it. But it's really the technologies that are enabling us to do this. And especially in the finance realm, having things like machine learning, we've got so much to deal with, with our new technologies and doing things remotely when we're not used to doing that, that having technologies in place that support that is really helpful. And, because we weren't able to predict this year, having information at our, at our fingertips and using machine learning to help us in our everyday tasks so we can really concentrate on those things that are new, those things that are disruptive, th- those things that are really exceptions. Um, so and with artificial intelligence, we can really uncover some trends. And right now we're looking at micro trends. It feels like every other week we've got a different trend going on in the economy. Yeah, you know, the markets are up, the markets are down, you know, we're recovering, we're opening, we're not. So having um, artificial intelligence helping us to model some of that information and be more forward looking and looking at the financial implications of some of these decisions. Well, what would my liquidity look like if this happens, if this happens, looking at different drivers and not having to crank those numbers manually, but being able to use artificial intelligence and machine learning to do that. And we're also seeing that companies are, they're not stopping their investments. They're continuing, so they're not really doing large projects, but those companies are going to see a competitive advantage if they are still implementing, still taking those those little steps because they're going to be far ahead of their competition, and they're starting to look more towards the cloud in order to do that. That way, you don't have to have that big project looking at your on-premise really server farm (laughs) that they have out there, but being able to actually implement things. um, Yeah, I want to implement this slice, that slice. Yeah, I want to fix my closing. I want to fix my cash application. I want to fix my liquidity planning. Um, Looking at all those different processes and being able to put those into the cloud. That allows them to do it faster and allows them to really um, have the technology there to support some of these new business models that they're experimenting with, for lack of a better word.
1: Thank you, Birgit. Yeah, experimenting is a, an interesting, we could call it trying or trialing or, uh, yeah. I want to get Riz in here. Riz at SAP Insider. Agree or disagree with Birgit? Any flavor you want. Riz, you're up. Go ahead. So I,
3: I'll agree with a caveat. And okay. I think she's she's really right that, you know, necessity mm-hmm. is the mother of invention. I think of our own business, not having live events, having pivoted to, mm-hmm. to digital events. And we've really taken the opportunity to up our digital game and I'm seeing that with leaders that I've been talking to over the last few months, you know, talk to a tools vendor who's, who's going from selling tools to selling experiences and training, you know, a pet care company that has to now deliver remote pet care and which you can imagine getting your dog and I have two of them and, and, and having them on screen, you know, talking to a, a veterinarian, you know, before going in. So I think that is absolutely true and having technology there is a necessity to, to support that change and if we talk about the impact on finance you know if you go to these different business models there's an impact on how you collect revenue on what your margins are on what your costs are and so they have to adapt and and be able to support these so absolutely you know agree there um, where I think speaking of it dog, um, so <laughs> That's fine. No, no, I don't, I don't, it wasn't mine. Um, but, <laughs> I but think Kev,
1: Kevin, Kevin's a Kev, guilty party there. Kevin might have been,
3: someone, has has one. I think there's got to be vision, and and I think you know I, I'm seeing differences in that in, in in organizations. There are certain organizations that that have a vision. Okay, here's the business model changing, and here's the possibilities that that are open. Um, for us to, to, to achieve, whether we innovate, whether we change, whether it needs to be changed to support support this. But without that vision, the technology is just technology. And, and I think I'm seeing differences in, in that because there are other companies that just say, oh, I need to do it. I need to do AI, but they don't really have a case for it or they don't know how they're going to use it. And for them... You know it's it's a much different scenario those people that say oh no i'm not going to do anything because i don't i can't afford it right and and so it's that might be a little bit of a short-term vision they're trying to just keep the lights on so i think with a vision absolutely and and you know the the availability of these solutions is is you know again for all those of us that have been there for so long it it's night and day compared to what it was with you know and, and bring mentioned the cloud and, and it's built in it's there it's available there's skill sets out there but sometimes for some people, it's just too much. They don't, you know, understanding all of these choices, they get frozen and and, and you get frozen with, without vision. But the possibilities and potential are absolutely there. You just have to take the time to understand it and create your vision.
1: Riz, thank you. Quotable moment. Without vision, technology is just technology. When I send you the individual audio tracks, you can go to about 33 minutes in and find that if you want to use that clip in some of your social promotions. Okay. That was was good. That was right on. Kevin McCollum, you get to agree or disagree with either or both. You got your work cut out for you. Go ahead, Kevin.
4: Yeah, I'll uh, I'll agree with the bulk of what's been said. I'll add a few more points to think about. Um, if that's agreeing to disagree, that's fine with me. Um, so, the you know in the in the ledger under the column of too much, maybe too much too soon. Uh, some of the things that I'll talk about in in my segment are the enabling technologies that. Uh, in addition to what Birgit already mentioned, you know, some things like blockchain um, and whatnot, and you find a real reluctance, an institutional reluctance. Um, One of the biggest things that's holding back technologies like blockchain are that government regulators don't even want to touch it, right? And the reason they don't want to touch it is partially they don't understand it. And secondly, it challenges their position as you know as as central banks and treasuries organizations within countries so there has to be a plan there has to be and it goes back to the vision riz i can't say it any better there has to be um, if you look at the pandemic as a forcing function to force a lot of things um in the economy it's inevitable that Technology will underlie positive change here, but absolutely right. The resistance out there, we have to, and this is, a, I think, a t- topic clear, near and dear to Birgit's heart. We have to manage the change. So with the vision, we have to manage the change. You have to have the vision, manage the change, and you will get the result that you're looking for. Thank and, you. Yeah, and that's that's what I have to say.
1: Appreciate that. Birgit, this was your topic. We had a good discussion around the table. Anything you want to say back to Riz and or to Kevin?
2: I I would agree with both of their additional points. Um, Yeah, I I agree with the whole vision. I agree with change management, as Kevin knows. Um, That is near and dear to my heart. And. It's interesting because we've really had to manage change retroactively because normally you would want a whole change management program. You'd want to put the processes in place. You want to communicate early. You want to put training in place to make sure that um, everybody knows about the new tools. You know, if it's a technology change, if it's a business model change, it's an even more encompassing change in terms of how business is done. But all of a sudden we had to change and now we have to manage it retroactively. So being able to do that and kind of pull everybody, instead of pushing them, now we're pulling them along, but now we can't just stop there. Okay, now we've managed a change and everybody understands where we are now. We still have to continue that path because change is not done and we need to now proactively get in front of it because We don't want to keep lagging. We don't want to keep being retroactive. Just like in finance, we keep saying we don't want to just look at previous numbers. We want real-time numbers. We want to be able to predict going into the future. So now we've tried to manage change retroactively. Now we need to be proactive with it again and push it forward and develop that vision that Riz was talking about um, in order to move forward and continue to moving forward. That's the thing about change management. You don't just do it and stop. I mean, things Mm -hmm. keep evolving.
1: Quotable moment again, Birgit, that was at about 35 minutes into your audio track, if you want to find. Kevin, we'll find one for you too, my dear. Let's move on to a new topic. Riz told me the following before the show. You didn't know, but you told me this, Riz. We had this conversation off air. So Riz says, companies will continue centralization and simplification efforts, but be challenged by, and Birgit's favorite topic, change management and integration. Executives will demand simplicity, but the path Forward is challenging, Riz. Let's find some good news in this, and maybe some not so good news. Go ahead, Riz. You're up. Well,
3: well I think you know if you look at most enterprise organizations that have been out there for a while. This is the, where we do a lot of our research and, and have a lot of our conversations. How the finance function grew up in, the, in these areas, it was it was built. There was a there was a, a core technology or ERP system, and it was customized. And then as things changed, it was further customized. As things were acquired, it was further customized. And, and what a lot of, where a lot of companies are is they have these processes that are based on legacy technology and highly customized environments, right? And what's wrong with these environments is that when you do want to change, when you do want to adapt, you have to go through a lot of pain and effort mm-hmm. and work to do that. And we do this thing in, in our company where we ask people, what are their top pain points in, in finance? And one of the, it, it goes into complexity, is always at the top of the list. The complexity and the pain from the lack of, on, lack of automation, excessive manual efforts, you know, makes it very hard to change. And what's being asked to finance? Change, right? We need to adapt. We need to be flexible. We need to move quickly. That's what the executives want. And so there's this dichotomy now that has grown up where there's a certain demand on finance and the business that is separate from what they're able to do because of this legacy technology. But guess what? Now that the the finance executives know much more about technology and what's available, their expectations are different. Where in the past they could deal with some of this inefficiency and say, okay, that's okay. They're like, no, 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 no. That's no longer okay. We need to do this. And you know, that's that's a tall order for many companies who are trying to change um, a legacy of not just one or two years, but in some case decades um, of stuff. So that I, I think is a challenge and it goes back to what Bergen and Kevin were talking about. Change management is one, because you have people that are used to doing things a certain way. And what do you hear all the time? That's the way we've always done it, right? Mm-hmm. That's the way we've always done it. Why, why should I change? So you have to show them that why Get them on board in, in, in some way. And again, show them, the, show them the path forward. So the good news is, again, going back to the optimism, it's there. The, the, the technology to do this, the, the people that are doing this, the examples, it's all there if you want to learn and if you want to actually take the hard path. So it, it is there for you, but you will have to prepare for a change management exercise. You will have to prepare for showing them the why. You know, Simon Sinek, who I'm a big fan of, he always says, mm-hmm. in any motivation, you have to answer the why. So I, I think that is the, 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 the place to start. Show them the possible, answer the why, and, and, and be ready for the challenge. And In the end, the people that are going through it, it's possible, and the benefits are significant.
1: Riz, I think the why is smacking everybody in the face right now (laughs) with the pandemic, if you don't mind my saying so. You talked about undoing years of legacy. I was a programmer analyst back in the day when we had a job called back in the key punch days. I was... I was an early woman in tech. I don't want to admit that, but somebody just told me that. No, I wasn't in the Grace Hopper era, but after that, yes. But I want to tell you that we used to talk about, I was coding in PL1 and in COBOL, and sure. we used to talk about spaghetti code. Yep. And spaghetti code was when a legacy program, we weren't even talking about legacy, program but been around so long. So the, the program that you ran through the computer when the program had been around so long that so many people had touched it and made so many changes talking about change management, Birgit, that all you had left was a bunch of stuff. It was like spaghetti. It was all tangled up in the pot and you had to untangle it to figure what in the world to do with it. That was spaghetti code. Thank you for that memory, Riz. I will <laughs> stay with me forever. I still have some green bar paper in my, in my closet. Oh, I brought it with awesome. <laughs> me. I know. Yeah, I know. Epsidic, I know. No, I know. <laughs> Kevin, agree or disagree with Riz? You're up, Kevin. Yeah, I absolutely um,
4: uh, uh, agree with Riz that, um, you know, that that the why is the key. And I even I'm not a fan of the term change management because it, it, nor is it a selling exercise. It truly is helping people understand how this is going to make their lives better, how this is going to make their how this is going to make their jobs easier, how they're truly going to it's going to allow how it's going to allow them to focus their attention on less mundane things, things that are things that are of higher value to the business, and help them start a path of discovery themselves as to how to um, prosper and and, and, and truly flourish in this type of, a, you know, in, in, in the situation we're in as we take the learnings and consolidate the gains that we made during that time. So I absolutely agree with Ruth.
1: Very well. But that's Kevin and your track, 41, 42 after. Okay take I the learning moment? you did you did I've never done this on a show I've never done this on a live show before uh 40 42 after approximately because I started the recording about mm. a minute before we went live so about 42 43 after you'll hear that quotable moment take the learnings and go forward that was that was good. I'm almost, Birgit. You're going to respond to Riz and or Kevin, but Birgit, Kevin doesn't like the term change management. He was quiet all this time. We've been bandying it about, and now we find out. So Birgit, talk
2: to us. What do you think? I think the term sometimes has gotten a bad rap. So my last consulting project before I joined SAP, we had a, a small team that actually did change management and. I didn't really see much of what they did. I think there's some team building that they did in (laughs) off-sites. I actually didn't really see clearly what they were doing. I'm not sure they exactly knew what they were doing. But I mean, the thing is, is just, Sometimes it's a statement of the obvious. Um, Make sure that you communicate. Make sure that you find some cheerleaders that are on board right away. That whole cycle of innovators, early adopters, um, laggards, et cetera, that that really does exist. And then you have to find out why is somebody resistant to change? So if they're resistant to change because they're in fear of their jobs – um, one of the big things that you need to communicate is that you will still have your job. It's going to look different, but you still have your job. It's one of those things when we did implementations. Oh, we we, we need to have this report. Well, why? We've, we've always had it. So my question was always, what decision are you going to be making based on the information in this report? And they said, well, we've always had it. I'm like, okay, doorstop, not happening. Um, it's just not going to get implemented. So sometimes you have to get to the, I agree, we have to get to the why, as Riz said. But, yeah, I agree with, with Kevin. The, the term, it's just a, a loose term for making sure that people are on board with things that are going to happen and you communicate it well. And it's always sometimes um, thinking, quote, unquote, out of the box whenever we said, let's design a new process, right? You, you put people in front of a whiteboard. What they'll design is what they have today. So what I used to do is actually put something completely out there that people mm-hmm. could throw arrows at. And then at that point, they started thinking, Oh, well, we don't just have to do it this way, but then they had something concrete that they could push and say, well, we can't do this because of, Oh, but that's kind of a cool idea. So you always had to go to the extreme to show them the art of the possible. And then they would, Kind of tweak it into something that they could actually do, but really also getting involvement for the people on the finance teams, not just putting a hammer down saying you're going to do it this way, but involving them in defining what that process is going to look like. I think is key. Thank and, you, for- and
4: Bonnie. The, yeah. the, the, uh, thanks for stepping into mine and Birgit's trap. She may not have know she may not have known that we were laying a trap, <laughs> but we were laying a trap because in many cases, Birgit and I have had this discussion before. Um, I love her interest in change management. I, I actually, uh, my mentor in college, my college mentor was a psychology professor, and we used to have great debates and discussions. But we both have had the discussion, and it's come up many times. Just and it came up the very first time in in, in just a very uh, just 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 a spur of the moment that. The first time I ever heard change management, it was basically, oh, so that means people are getting laid off, right? I, and I Ooh. and I think I s- sort of stole your Ooh. quote there, Birgit, but I've heard the same thing too. So it's the it, it's it's the C word, right? Get rid of the C word. People hate change. It, it can be the, you know, but, but let's not talk about, hey, we're having a change management workshop. Love the discipline. And Absolutely love Gets passion for it. She's one of the best on the planet and a
1: thought leader there. Ooh. Don't like the C word. Okay. Change. Change is the word he's talking about. We got to keep clarifying that, Kevin. Change starts with the letter C. Let's go there. Riz, this was your topic. You uh, incited a near riot here. I want to <laughs> appreciate you for that. Riz, anything you want to say back to Birgit and or Kevin? I'll give you a minute here.
3: No, no I get I get the change management, the cliche behind it and, and the reaction when you say it because of the way it's been used in the past. I think the bottom line is it's a people issue, right? It's if, if, mm-hmm. if the people aren't on board and if they yep. don't understand the mission, yep. it's not gonna work. So however you explain that, you know, or, or, or that end, it, it is. But I think we're on the same page in terms of that it's an important piece, whatever you call it.
1: What is the why and what is the why not? Oh, I think. There you go. Your quotable
2: moment. Quotable moment. (laughs)
1: 47. I got to look at that one. Kevin liked that. Two thumbs up. Thank you. The why and the why not. Kevin, we have time to squeeze in one more topic here. I'm looking at your statement number two. Interest. I'm trying to keep this, Riz, you're new to the show. I try to look at the statements and find things we haven't spoken about yet. Keep it fresh and going. So the gig economy will meet finance head on with arrangements ranging from finance outsourcing to actual gig workers, albeit skilled ones, of course, or freelance contract gigs. Kevin McCollum, you're up. Talk to us. Take about two minutes, and we'll quickly go around the table. We, we've got time. Go ahead.
4: Sure. So the G word is also one that people hate, right? You know, they <laughs> they see that they, things that come to mind are, you know uh, – a truck full of day workers, right, who um, are down on their luck and maybe going out to help dig a ditch or something like that. But the gig economy is a real thing. And it's also, I'm not talking about, uh, you know, I love Lyft and and Uber and Cabify and all those services, but that's not the gig economy I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about, and people might be looking at or listening to this comment and saying, yeah, so what? We get it. We get we can find, um, you know, we, we, we get we can outsource processes. There's nothing new about that. But what's new about this is when you combine remote working, which was another one of my points, you com- combine the rapidly improving, the rapidly um, securing of the remote worker and the rapid move of corporations to that. Um, Very quick quote, a survey of, three surveys of CIOs, I consolidated the information to get a feel for what the true global picture was. Gig work, or I'm sorry, remote working will double between 20 and 21, double, Mm. absolutely double, from 34%, it may not sound like a high number, but less than 15%, said that they had remote workers, permanent remote workers. More than 35% are now saying they'll have permanent remote, remote workers who will never, that, that will not stop, right? Now you think about, okay, I open, what, location is not even a factor anymore. Mm-hmm. I, I have a friend who said, hey, you work for a German company. How, how do you like Germany? And I said, oh, it's a great <laughs> company. And they said, no, no, how did you like Germany? I've just been told I'm gonna be 100% remote and I'm thinking about just picking up the shop and moving to Germany because (laughs) location is not an issue. The real gem here is that taking away location as an issue, you open up a labor market and access to millions of skilled finance people who want to work on gigs, on new things called recurring projects. For example, you think about a project as something you want and done. No, they're going to be recurring projects around the close or around year end where a skilled, a global, skilled work source of gig workers come in and help me do my clothes. Okay? It's that, you know, it's breaking that cycle of staff up execute, and lay off that demoralizing cycle to say, hey, I got a gig for you, right? And I don't care where you are. I just know your skill set. I've used you before. We've worked together before. You want a flexible staffing arrangement. I need Mm -hmm. to staff up for a project. Boom. That's what the, that's the alchemy of this whole thing it comes together with remote workers opening up a talent pool who want flexible arrangements and don't want to go through the staff execute layoff and i have to give robert half corporation the cr- the kudos on the staff execute layoff cycle and breaking that demoralizing cycle so that's the hidden gem here in, and, and why finance will benefit from that Flexible models such as global temporary project staff which I just talked about skilled freelance gig people interim professional staffing okay. that's another form of gig can, can you imagine having an interim chief accounting officer mm-hmm. uh, or some or things like that so these types of things are new bi- new working models there's new business models on the commercial side there are new working models behind the curtain here that we haven't even begun to explore.
1: It sounds exciting. A lot of opportunities there. I'm just thinking about the real estate side. If people don't go back to work, what happens to the buildings and all the people? who? were there? there's, a, there's always a flip side to that. We have four minutes till we close. So I'm going to give Birgit 30 seconds to respond to Kevin. Uh, agree or disagree. And Riz, the same thing. And then we'll quickly go around. You get one sentence prediction, crystal ball each about where this is all going. Birgit, respond to
2: Kevin, please. Go. I, th- I think the idea of taking taking away different limitations that we thought we had is is brilliant. Um the whole idea of of location. And we used to think of the people that that were, gig workers for finance, just as data entry people. I need to get this into the system, but that's all been automated now. So that's actually not even on the table anymore. So yeah, there are probably tons of other um, limitations in our minds that we really don't have anymore. I mean, location, yeah, time zones, whatever, because we're working from home. It's not like we're going to a building. So I completely agree. Riz, 30 seconds. What do you think?
3: Yeah, no, I agree too. I, I think it's an interesting thing that I, I re- never really thought of. Um, but it makes total sense. Um, the, the one thing that I would say is what Birgit said is automation, right? What roles in finance will be gigged out or, or or outsourced? And as you apply AI and machine learning, will those roles go away? And then will it will it be will it happen in stages? Is all I'm saying is that you see an outsourcing of very sort of um, low skill tasks to start with, but as companies apply automation, then you have higher skill tasks getting outsourced and can, you know, will that change the regionalization of how you outsource? You might outsource to a certain region in the beginning and then switch as, as you move forward. So I think there's a lot of interesting implications and ways to look at it.
1: All quotable moments, starting with Kevin's point about six minutes ago. So you could all look on the, on the recording for that. We have time for you each to have a one sentence prediction on where this is all going, looking at 2020 hindsight, 2020 hindsight, 2021 foresight anything in between you want to predict what anything that will be different by the end of 2021 oh we only hope it's going to be good uh if not just do a sports prediction but you get i you know what i can give you one sentence with two commas and one semicolon and riz (laughs) riz as a writer knows how valuable that real estate is so two minutes
2: left okay birgit one sentence go predict um, I, I would say that, that I do think we've rounded the corner because I think there's a lot of acceptance right now that things have changed. So I know the C word again, but I think there's acceptance that, that now we're just moving forward. I do think we're going to see more collaboration also Thank between you. companies. Collaboration, key word, another great C word. Riz, predict.
3: Those who get it will increase their competitive advantage significantly over those who do not get it.
1: Whoa, Kevin
4: McCollum, predict. And those who don't get it, and I'll go back to my one quote here, the fangs are coming out. So the Facebooks, Amazons, Apples of the world are creating their own banks and financial institutions. So they get it. Will banks and the financial service industry follow along and get it and take advantage of this pandemic and, what it, and, and the new technologies provide?
1: Time will tell. I want to thank the three of you so much. Let's have a round of applause for Aaron, my engineer extraordinaire, for getting us on mm-hmm. the air and keeping us there. And I want to thank the three of you for having such excellent audio. Whatever you did, whatever you're using, this was great. No problems. And I appreciate that. As a broadcaster, I really appreciate that. Uh, Birgit, I want to thank you and Chris Grundy and Pros Chatterjee for another wonderful year of financial excellence. I'm so happy to be able to be your producer and your broadcaster and your host on these shows. Riz, it's been a delight meeting you and you and I have a lot to talk about. Kevin, we're going to be drumming into next year somewhere remotely. We got to do it. And so let's do our call to action here. Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? My car is still getting two and a half months to the gallon. How's yours doing? <laughs> Go out and be a game changer today, just like Birgit Starman's. We love you, Birgit. So smart, so beautiful. And this was a great topic. Birgit at SAP. Riz Ahmed. So pleased to meet you at SAP Insider. And Kevin McCollum, my music, my music buddy, and Kevin always so smart on finance. Bonnie D. Graham signing off. Go out and be a game changer today. Be safe. Be smart. Be savvy. And And keep saying, that's my message, bye-bye.
0: Thanks again for tuning in to Financial Excellence with Game Changers, presented by SAP, helping you to operate profitably and adapt continuously. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to hashtag SAPRADIO and join host Bonnie D. Graham on the Business Channel, wishing you a game-changing week.